G'day and welcome to a Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's a Grad Chat. And of course we're starting a new term. It is fall 2021 and boy has it been different over the last two years really uh, because of the pandemic, but we're finally getting through it. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them for continuing for us to have Grad Chat on the air and also as a podcast. And speaking of podcasts, if you might miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Now, being one of the first um, first interviews back in the fall term, I must admit we, we've done this recording in the studio, but we're still wearing masks, so, which is a real nuisance. But at least uh, our student today will have the opportunity to actually be in the studio, which has been a long time since we've been back in the studio. So uh, that I'm really grateful for that. So I guess I should introduce you all to Ada Mohammadi, who is doing a PhD in chemical engineering under the supervision of Dr. Aris Koslas. Welcome to Gretchen Ada. Good morning and uh, thank you so much for your invitation. I am so happy to be here and I am pleased to share um, some of my uh, research work with all the students at Queen's University. Thank you for giving me this great opportunity. Oh, well, you're already a natural Ada. Uh, <laughs> normally when I say welcome, the stony silence, but you're a natural to this. You know exactly how to jump in straight away and uh, join in the conversation, which is fantastic because that's what this is all about. Is it, it is a bit of a chat. And for those people who know me around campus, I love having a chat. So when Ada said that she wanted to come on the show, I go, yes, please, yes, yeah. please. Because um, Ada's got some fascinating work that she does, and I know she wants to explain some of that to you today. But before we get there, Ada, firstly, you are an international student, PhD student exactly. here. So what, what made you want to come to Canada to do your PhD? If I want to be honest with you, uh, I was successful, a uh, very successful researcher uh, in my home country, Iran. And um, my major background in Iran was the nanotechnology. But I realized that, that the research progress in my home country, uh, although was successful, um, it was uh, a slow. It was uh, it has a very slow rate. For this reason, uh, I decided to switch uh, my major field from uh, material science and engineering to chemical engineering. Uh, and also I have um, selected one of the countries uh, such as Canada for pursuing uh, my PhD degree in order to increase the uh, progress rate of my uh, education in the best way. And it was the main reason that I really wanted to experience the other country as a 
research place and for right. this reason I came to Canada. Which is fantastic. Now yeah. you, you chose a pretty cold country to come to. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I know myself coming from a hot country and coming to a cold country that first winter was a mm. bit shocking. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I am given another um, position at England as well. Right. Uh, but um, at the end, I decided to come to Canada because I searched a lot about different university and I found the Queen's the best university uh, for my selection. And for this reason, I came here. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're very lucky to have you here. You're so welcome. thank you. And, and what I also love about Ada, she's happy to put a hand up to give other things a go. Mm-hmm. It's very easy as a researcher to just stick with your research and not get out of that little bubble. But exactly. Ada likes to get out and meet other people too and try other things. So mm-hmm. really appreciate you doing that. You're and uh, that's why we're here today. <laughs> So you did mention what you were doing in Iran was more on nanotechnology, but now you've moved to chemical engineering. Yeah. And so your research topic, very different, like you said, from what you were doing before. Exactly. Hopefully I'll, I'll say this correctly. It's graphene-based membranes for isotopic water mixture filtration, the preparation, physiochemical characterization and performance assessment, which is a huge title. <laughs> but what's new with research topics, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so maybe um, you can give us a bit of an overview of what that actually entails, because I, I know in your research um, synopsis that you gave me, there's more to it than some of those words that might actually say what mm-hmm. you're doing with mm-hmm. the, the sort of the products that you're working with. So can you give us a bit of a, a an overview of that? Exactly. Um, as you mentioned, uh, you're absolutely right. It was a new topic to me as well because I didn't have any uh, enough background about the membrane technology. Uh, this project is an industrial project uh, supervised by Ontario Power, uh, Power Generation at uh, Toronto and um, in fact this research has developed a experimental expertise at Queen's for testing a, a graphene based membrane as a water filtration system and mm, just for clarification membrane is considered as a barrier with the ability to allow the passage of the certain molecules while blocking others. Right. In reality we would like to design and build this uh, membrane materials for filtration of the heavy water from a mixture of heavy and light water. And uh, again, for clarification, heavy water is a form of water molecules that contains heavy hydrogen rather than normal hydrogen. And this specific water molecules um, uh, is so interesting and commercial material for the generation of the uh, power. And for this reason, we are working on the filtration of this type of the water molecules in order to filter this uh, molecule from a mixture of heavy and light water and use it uh, for the power generation or clean energy in the future. And um, our... And our first purpose was to design a filtration system for this uh, uh, project. And then uh, we would like to design and build this specific membrane for filtration. And uh, and, uh, until now, we were so um, successful for designing both of this system and membrane material. Which is fantastic. And I think the, 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 the point here is, I mean, you can create certain membranes, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's for 
pulling out certain molecules or separating certain molecules to make things easier. But the energy that you're looking at to be able to use this, if I've understood this correctly, is the nuclear industry. And as we all know... There's, very, there's certain byproducts that you can get from uh, the nuclear industry. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to study the byproducts of the nuclear industry to test out your membrane? I can give you a brief uh, introduction uh, about the maybe candle reactors. Um, mm-hmm. Candle reactors are the Canadian um, deuterium uranium reactors and they are um, such a pressurized heavy water reactors and they are rely on heavy water and they can generate the power as a clean nuclear energy for the people. Uh, and um, during this uh, process of uh, working with these pressurized reactors, heavy water have uh, this chance uh, to be converted to the radioactive form of the water that is uh, tritium. Right. And uh, for this reason, it, it will be considered as a byproduct of this reactor or process. And both of these uh, material, heavy water and also tritium as a radioactive form of the water, are more interesting because they have been considered as a common commercial commodity for Canada or around or all, all, uh, uh, all the world and for this reason many people around the world are working on the uh, filtration of these uh, types of the material um, such heavy water and um, tritium from the isotopic wa- water mixture to filter it right. and also use it for the uh, energy uh, production uh, for this reason because they are so interesting and they will be considered as a, the commercial commodity. Um, um, many people uh, are around the world are uh, investing more work for the filtration of these materials. Which is really, really interesting because yeah. we all, well, maybe not everyone, but I know my first thought when I think of nuclear energy and uranium and things like that, mm-hmm. that there are these byproducts that are not easy to store or things that can potentially have a, lo- a long effect on the environment. Exactly. Whereas you're saying with this tri- tritium, is that how it was? Tritium. Tritium. Yes. With this tritium, if you can if I'm understanding correctly, if you can take that out of this water, you can use it in other ways as mm-hmm. well. So it's not a, it's not wasted. Mm-hmm. You're using it basically twice. In one, whether it's in the heavy water, and two, you can pull it out and use it for something else. Is is that kind of exactly the right thing? because um, the traditional methods uh, um, are they are storing this type mm-hmm. of the uh, contamination. Um, they are storing or um, they, they want to keep them for a long time. And you know right. that uh, there are a, they will be considered a, a very cost for a long time a storage of this contaminated material, such as heavy water or tritium. Right. For this reason, people have decided to focus on the filtration or separation of this material in order to elevate the, this cost and also um, keep the environment healthy. So I guess my next question is, I mean, maybe not everyone knows this. How many nuclear reactors are there in Canada? And I know nuclear reactors have a lifespan themselves, which is why it's really important for you to try and get this tritium out. You know, how long do they last for? And then what happens at the decommissioning part? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know the exact number, but uh, when we were participating in the <clears throat> uh, meeting with the Ontario Power Generation, they point out this, um, they indicated this point that there are thousands of uh, uh, gallons of heavy water they are contaminated they will right. be considered as a contamination and they really needed to filter uh, this uh, huge amount of the contamination uh, specifically at the Ontario power generation uh, but as far as I know there are a huge volume of this contamination in Canada right. and the people uh, are uh, working in that aspect so I guess, though, when they are decommissioning, it, so I, I, I think I have two questions here, maybe. So this tritium that we want to get out, are we wanting to get it out of the hard water during the lifespan of the nuclear reactor or only when it's being decommissioned? I don't know if you can answer that. I just <laughs> I just came to that one. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, first or could I, it be both? <laughs> yes, uh, I, I would like to mention this point that at the moment we are not working uh, on the tritium because it's, it is a, the membrane. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is a radioactive form of the water, and because. Uh, we have to have uh, the safety concern and university we are right. working on just on a non-radioactive form of the water that is uh, heavy water but in the right. uh, future for the next run of the project uh, the, our group is uh, working on developing a bigger system for filtration of the tritium right right uh, but um, this is one of the things you see as soon as i hear the word research and you hear parts of a research project and i don't know about anyone else but my head goes in all sorts of directions mm-hmm. and i think oh what about this and what about this and then i have to remind myself and sometimes our students have to remind themselves mm-hmm. just concentrate on this one area you can look at other things at another time but mm-hmm. let this part exactly. sorted and in which in your case it's looking at the membrane mm-hmm. of how you can get that to work most efficiently exactly for what you want to do and then see how it can apply to others to other other parts exactly. so i do apologize there <laughs> but welcome. i get a bit excited as you can tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah so which which technology did you use for storing or filtering the byproducts of nuclear waste such as heavy water mm-hmm. As I mentioned previously, there are different methods that people um, were using many years ago, such as cryogenic distillation or the chemical exchange process. And they have used these methods for the separation of the isotopic water. But as far as I know and I understood based on literature, these methods are so time intensive and also energy intensive. And also you cannot get very high um, rejection efficiency based on this method. For this reason, we need to develop an effective method for reliably filtration of the isotopic water. And uh, recently, membrane technology uh, has uh, found a great importance in this regard. And and this is the technology we are working working uh, with. That's fantastic. So I guess one more part of that, how much of your technology was actually successful Mm -hmm. for the filtration of heavy water as compared to the current traditional methods? Yeah, that was a very good question. Because when uh, for the first time, started our work, uh, we uh, focused uh, on designing the graphene-based membrane, especially graphene oxide membranes. Uh, and, uh, and this type of the membrane was done uh, by the 
previous authors as well and they were successful right. for the designing this type of the membrane for uh, isotopic water separation but afterwards we decided to have the novelty on our work and uh, uh, we wanted to try different types of the membrane and we decided for example to reduce uh, this membrane as a form of the reduced graphene oxide membrane. And afterwards, uh, we were successful for uh, filtration of the isotopic water. And finally, after the preparation of the graphene oxide membrane and reduced graphene oxide membrane, again, we move forward and we wanted to try the more novel and more applicable membrane for this application. And at this age, uh, stage, we are working on preparation of the composite membranes. Ah. It means that we have included a polymer to these graphene-based materials in order to improve not only the rejection efficiency of our membrane, but also the mechanical stability of the our membrane. Ah. Because uh, if I want to add one point, the filtration process of isotopic water takes a long time. Oh, and it? it can be done, for example, for one or two days. Oh. And for this reason, we have to have a, a very stable membrane yes. during the water filtration. And it is our main uh, purpose and focus. And for this reason, we have a selected composite membrane as our final purpose. That's interesting. For one filtration, it's one to two days, for instance. But so with your membranes, are you... I mean, because you don't want to be replacing the membrane every time you have to do that filtration. So are you looking also at the the lifespan of what the membrane is going to be to make it cost effective? Yeah, it was a very good point. And uh, we realized that we can reuse this membrane, for example, after the filtration for the second run. And it was successful as well. And it could improve the rejection efficiency. And it is our... um, next goal for the next run of the project that we want to develop a very um, big system for recycling this membrane. It means that we want to reuse this membrane in uh, different or several cycles in order to improve the selective separation. And it is one of the features of the membrane that uh, you can uh, consider and you can reuse it for the several cycle in order to improve the rejection efficiency. Knowing that you, you, you're trying to filter out a certain thing called this tritium, mm-hmm. um, if it come, would, it, would it possibly come at a time when the membrane can't be en- used anymore for that particular filtration but could potentially be used in another mm-hmm. pr- process, mm-hmm. which maybe is not as heavy? If that's the word, I don't know if that's yeah, the right water, word. Yeah. But I mean, is it is it reusable if it's if it's finished? Its capacity is finished for using in this very specific area application. of filtration application. Mm-hmm. Can would it be potentially used in another application or exactly. thrown out? No, no. They are applicable, for example, for removal of uh, the uh, ions. Uh, they remo- for the removal of heavy ions, um, uh, dye molecules. They're also applicable for uh, many different types of some molecules, especially mm-hmm. for isotopic molecules. And because of that, the membrane technology has great uh, potential attention in the world because they are so applicable for filtration of a wide range of molecules, as I mentioned. Right. Yeah. Looks like it's uh, you're on a winning streak there, <laughs> as they say. 
I know you're in the early stages, but things are looking promising by the mm-hmm. sounds of it. So mm-hmm. how long do you think it would be to find a viable solution? Or are you close to finding that solution, mm-hmm. knowing that what you want to do specifically and potential for after? Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, yes, we are um, on the earliest stage of this project. I have worked for uh, three years on this uh, project, and also this project is extended for the next three years. And we have a lot uh, to do mm-hmm. for the improving um, this specific part of the uh, project. Uh, but... Um, what I realized is that during these three years, our results were so promising. Right. Although uh, we were at the early stage and we really didn't know, me especially, about the membrane technology and isotopic water filtration. We could get very good uh, results and information about the different types of the membrane at least because mm-hmm. uh, we have worked on designing three types of the membrane, graphene oxide, reduced graphene oxide, composite membranes. And also we could develop this filtration system by ourselves. And uh, they are very promising, I think, uh, the results for us. But as I mentioned, we need to work on the um, better um, improving the rejection efficiency of our membranes. At least we have done a very good job for the type of the membranes. uh, But uh, for the system, I think we have uh, enough uh, space and time to work on developing a better filtration system for our application. It looks like you've got things started really, really well, which for someone doing a PhD, you've got plenty of information to talk about, haven't you, in your dissertation? (laughs) Because I hear sometimes, you know, with some of our uh, students who are working in labs and things, this experiment or that experiment doesn't work. And you Mm -hmm. think, oh, my goodness, how am I going to write up about that? Even though you can always write about when things didn't work and why. Um, it's so, it must be so much nicer when you, you can see the positive side. It is actually heading in the right direction exactly, for you. Exactly. Side. And you made a very good point. And uh, I would like to give one advice to the students because although we could get a very good uh, result for our uh, project, I, I want to be honest. And uh, um, I have a very uh, challenging time during my uh, PhD. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, the results uh, didn't work and sometimes we really didn't know uh, what uh, we have to do. But what I have learned during my PhD is that you we have to focus on our work and we have to believe uh, on ourselves. And right. And believe in what we want to do, because when you believe on what you are doing, people can trust on you as well. And I think uh, the point for my success during my PhD was that point that I really focus on what I wanted to do and I could achieve it. Yeah, and realizing there's going to be ups and downs, right, and wins and losses and things. So that was really nicely put, uh, Ada. I know this last year and a half has been really tricky for our PhD students. I mean, some of you are in the middle of your research and depending on where your research is housed kind of thing, some of it has been stopped a little or you've had to change directions and things. But 
in that time, have you had opportunities, at least whether it's virtually or not, to, to be able to discuss your work with your peers around the country, within Queens or around the country and things? Exactly, yeah. For example, for um, some um, part of uh, my research, uh, I really needed to know the viewpoint of uh, other students. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading the literature and papers, I could connect it with many authors around the world. And also I introduced those people uh, to my supervisor as well. And uh, and. Uh, and I am so thankful because of this project, because because of this research project, I could get familiar with many students, many researchers around the world, Fantastic. especially uh, not uh, not only about the Queens, but also around the world. Many, many Chinese researchers uh, from the other university could give me very good advices and I could get very good feedbacks from them. Right. And also it is a very good point because we don't ha- have to limit ourselves uh, to the people we are working we can have uh, we can develop this connection with mm-hmm. the people uh, around the world as well to get some good feedbacks from them which is great because those collaborations are really really important yeah, aren't they exactly. and i know you know with queen's new strategic priorities it mm-hmm. is about research but it's also about collaborating around the mm-hmm. world and you know how can we make things better together as opposed to you know, just keeping it to ourselves. There's no point in keeping it to ourselves. We need to sort of spread the word kind of thing. Exactly. And getting other people's perspectives, exactly. whether actually in your field or not, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. can really sort of help you fine-tune what you're trying to do. Like, I know nothing about nuclear energy other than what you've told me, but or what I've heard in the news and things like, or things that I've read. But even now talking to you, I have a better appreciation of, you know, Nuclear energy can be, it is a clean energy and these are the reasons why. And we're working to make it even cleaner Mm -hmm. by not having so many byproducts and things Mm -hmm. uh, later Mm -hmm. so so that we can do some things like that. So, So the research that you're doing is super, super important. So I guess one of my other questions is, what is your suggestion for students who have had similar backgrounds to yours? And in which case, you know, you started off with nanotechnology and mm-hmm. now you're in, you know, chemical engineering exactly. and doing nuclear energy and membranes and, exactly. and things. The most important suggestion that I can, have, I can have for the students is that first, it is better for the students to have an interest about the research topic they want to, to right. do. For example, during my master in Iran, I, I was given a research a topic that I really didn't like and I didn't have any research background Mm -hmm. uh, similar to that topic. For this reason, uh, I didn't go through that and uh, I think I did the best uh, choice at that time because you have to have uh, the interest Mm -hmm. for what you want to do. And afterwards, if you have find your interest for that research topic, it is better to have a commitment uh, to that uh, uh, project because you're responsible for what you you are given. And that would be a great opportunity for you. And uh, for this reason, having more work, having more reading, uh, focusing on your work, improving your knowledge in the best way would be the next step for the students uh, to to improve the efficiency of their work. Uh, For this reason, I think the interest, focusing on their work, commitment, and 
at the end, believing on the on what they are doing is uh, the most um, important suggestions that the students have to consider. That's really good, and I like the bit that you talked about. You know, you may not have had the the most. You might not have found nanotechnology as exciting as you thought it was, mm-hmm. but you opened your mind to other possibilities. You exactly. clearly love research, exactly. so don't close your mind to other possibilities. So, I know with prospective students, sometimes they think oh, I'm going. I want to work solely on this, mm-hmm. which is great. Exactly. But sometimes speaking to a faculty member or another grad student can give you other options that may be equally as good. In fact, it might even love it more than that your original thoughts because mm-hmm. we can change our minds so i think it's opening up and realizing don't close your mind to options exactly uh, and then find the one that's going to be the best fit exactly because for example for first year of my phd i am given a um, research topic on sensor and also i work on the designing the sensor for a uh, drug detection I didn't, I really didn't know anything about this uh, research topic, but I didn't have any fear uh, for doing uh, the new research topics. And uh, I found myself comfortable to start this work. And it is a very good point. Uh, Students uh, shouldn't have any fear for doing uh, the new research and they just have to give this opportunity to themselves to believe themselves uh, to start their work. And afterwards they can find what they can achieve. And it is very good point. Very well said. I wish everyone would say it like that, Ada. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is why I wanted Ada to come on the show. I wish Ada would keep coming on the show because you've um, you've said things very eloquently, and I think you've given people a good understanding of the process that a researcher, a young researcher, goes through. And so I thank you for that. And, and you're, you're welcome. I'm you're not welcome. scared. So I'm so thankful for giving me this great opportunity. And I really appreciate that. Oh, you are very welcome. See, <laughs> I don't even have to say any of the nice things. I mean, Ada just does it for me. I love it. <laughs> so thanks, Ada, for you're coming welcome. on the show. So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. Just type in a Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. Hey.